Coming live from East London, Hoxton Radio. Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. Good evening and welcome to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio with Matt, Nikki, and Morton in the studio. How are we doing, guys? Good, thanks. Good, well, thank you. As good as we can be at a time like this. What a week. What a tumultuous crazy some might say catastrophic <laughs> in terms of course um, we are obviously referring to the fact that Donald J Trump he of the boiled Donald wa- J Trump Donald J Trump he of the J. boiled washed Weetabix hair um, apprentice presenter all round douchebag is now the leader of the free world it God. is absolutely insane obviously we're a movie show so we're not going to spend too much time waxing lyrical about something that you're probably um, sick to death of hearing about but we are going to talk a little bit before we start the show, about how Hollywood has reacted, because Hollywood obviously is a very left-wing liberal institution, and um, there was a huge amount of celebrity support um, for Hillary. For, for Hillary, yeah. um, you know, we had Lady Gaga and John, John Bon Jovi performing. We had Jamie Lee Curtis out on the trail. Chelsea Handler, Amy Schumer, lots of big names, and so there was a lot of expectation that the weight of celebrity might well be able to swing it in her favour, and we would have seen the first female president but um sadly not so it's been interesting because you know there's a lot of activity on social media and judd apatow for example um comedy director has put after the wonderful obamas it's going to be horrifying to see that awful family in the white house it's like a john waters movie (laughs) (laughs) i think that's kind of true yeah (laughs) there's yeah there's been some um Aaron Sorkin did a kind of open letter to his daughter that was on Variety as well, talking about how we shouldn't give up and, you know, that he's still going to get out of bed and he's still going to fight and he's hoping that Trump will do something illegal in his first year that will render him obsolete. Well, we were talking about it and we were saying that actually, you know, a lot of his rhetoric, a lot of what he said to get the votes and to get into the White House is untenable. It always was. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, how can you get a wall built because and make Mexico pay for it how can you make them pay for it it's not going to happen what's more worrying is the fact that we've got a vice president now Mike Pence who's, whose views and experience as a politician make him far more dangerous I think than Trump but you know going back to some other celebrity tweets we had Chris Evans of course from the Avengers he's put this is an embarrassing night for America we've let a hate monger lead our great nation we've let a bully set our course I'm devastated Patton Oswalt comedian and actor put um election update I am shitting things I didn't eat into pants I'm not wearing <laughs> hashtag election night um, you know Cher of course has been massively vocal about Trump and how much she hates of him I mean she's created a you know she uses the the poo emoji more mm. than uh, more than is necessary but it's going to be interesting to see because you now got a leader of the free world who has absolutely no interest in arts and culture and during mm. Obama's reign you know there was a lot of um, endorsement from celebrities and there was lots of like charity events and things like that and we saw a lot of people taking part that's just not going to happen now so there is going to be this big disconnect and obviously in terms of funding and tax breaks and things like that and depending on who's you know governing what states it's going to be hmm. it's going to be a difficult four years I was talking to someone earlier and it's difficult because in a way the first films that are going to come out as a result like uh, post-Trump films as such will still be about two years away but I really hope that within them there's a much more antagonistic kind of message than there is in Hollywood at the moment like you say it's very liberal but it doesn't really attack as such it's always kind of very again like it's liberal in its views but conservative in the way that it puts Mm. across yeah and I want to say on a positive note I mean Hillary Clinton gave a 
gracious and intelligent concession speech. I mean, a shame that that passion wasn't relayed a little bit mm. more on the uh, on the campaign trail. But I will say this: um, you know, there's a, a a great statement from a lot of people who are saying, right, we, we've had our morning, we've had our you know our our grievances, we've we've voiced it on social media. Now it's time to rally around. Mm. And I think that taps into what you were saying, Morton, about yeah. how now filmmakers, creative, artistic people, they have an opportunity now to bring people together and make films with important messages that are about unity. Um, so fingers crossed. Anyway, listen, we're going to get back to the show. We're not going to talk too much more about the election. We've got an action-packed show coming up for you, as usual. We've not got many film reviews this week, actually. It's more going to be movie news and interviews, but we are going to be reviewing, and I know we did talk about it earlier on in the year when we, we saw it at the London Film Festival. We're going to be reviewing Denny Venu's Amy, um, Amy Adams Stara arrival. And actually, it's good, because, Nikki, you couldn't like chuck in the last time because no, you haven't seen it. but I have seen it now. Yay! So, so we'll all be able to talk about it, which is great. Um, and I just had a had word. So Muffin is going to be joining us. Muffin Hicks, the head of program at the Fringe Festival. Alex was meant to be coming, but he can't make it anymore. Uh, and also Sydney, who is running the Ab Fab Ball, um, and also doing some kind of Vogue. Vogue, it's like a voguing thing. A Vogue ball. Vogue so I'm ball. assuming it's going to be like a cross of Ab Fab and Madonna Vogue. Is it? Is that the whole vibe? I'm not sure. We'll find out, I guess, from yeah. uh, from Sydney himself. Well, do stick with us because that's going to be coming up later on in the show. And we're also, um, we've got two features for you this week. We've got the Cult Vault. We're going to be we're going to be dissecting Robert Zemeckis' Robert Zemeckis's 1992 black comedy Death Becomes Her with Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn, and. In defence is back, and Morton is already snarling. I can see <laughs> Nikki has Nikki has made me and Morton watch High School Musical three this week, and she will be uh, attempting to defend its virtue later on in the show. Um, it could get ugly, people. You thought the election was bad? You wait to see what Morton Morton and Nikki are going <laughs> to throw down over Zac Efron in High School Musical three. Um, and our soundtrack of the week is from the fabulous Stranger Things, of course, Netflix super super massive smash hit series, which um, season two has just been announced Please. yeah and there was some um, some images released on Instagram and various other um, outlets this week all about it so the soundtrack of the week is Stranger Things and we're going to kick things off now with Toto Africa we'll be back after this I hear the drums echoing tonight she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation She's coming in 12.30 flight The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation I stopped an old man along the way Hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient To me as if to say Hurry boy, it's waiting there for you Longing for some solitary company 
know that I must do what's right. Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. I seek to cure what's deep inside, frightened of this thing that I've become. to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. So it's that time of the show where R. Morton gives us the uh, lowdown and the latest from the Genesis. Morton. Fantastic. So um, I saw in the uh, show that we are doing reviews of what's coming out at Genesis this week, but mm. uh, a yes. late addition to the programme no, is no. Uh, 100 Streets, the ah, yes. Idris Elba film as well. That's so that did. will be uh, from Saturday, I believe, that is screening. Um, in terms of events this week, tomorrow sees the return of our monthly uh, swing dance night at seven thirty. The uh, the usual setup of a one hour class followed by a swing dance late into the evening. So, How did uh, the Treehouse of Horror go? By the way, I never asked. It went very well. It was completely sold out, so didn't mention it last week. Rather than getting loads of people uh, coming <laughs> down, but yeah, no, much fun was had by all. Good. Sorry, carry on. Um, then on Saturday we have got a special screening of an East End gangster film, Return of the Dom, at six o'clock. Still tickets left. What's that, that about? Uh, there's actually no information on the website, and I could not find it online. So, ooh, mystery film. Yeah, go along and have yourself a treat. <laughs> um, then on Sunday a uh, couple of events. So continuing the uh, BFI Black Star season, the Real Good Film Club is coming back to Genesis with a near-long double bill. 
that will feature Love Jones and The Best Man. I believe that is half six. Yeah, that uh, looks really good. Also, on Sunday, we have another all-day event going on in the bar. It is an X-Files marathon. I want to believe there... I believe... I, I want, want to, to believe there I are want, tickets left. I want to believe there are tickets left, but I believe that they may all be gone. But if you keep an eye out on our social media over the next few days, and if any do available come available, then that is where you'll find them. Are they showing the three films back to back? Is that what it is? Or? Uh, no, it's a marathon of episodes. Oh, but not the new series. What did you guys make of the new series? By the way, I haven't seen, seen it yet. Of X Files. Oh, what? I am I'm meaning to watching it now. I'm oh, only that on surprises se- me. Actually, I would have thought that'd be right up your street. I'm it's only one- on season three, so I didn't watch the new series because um, I'm not caught up it's been on my Christmas list the last few years but I think my mum wants me to like get outside (laughs) do something not watch telly Um, (laughs) then on Tuesday an event that I'm very much looking forward to at 7 o'clock as part of Genesis Revelations our alternative programming we've got a special screening of Train to Busan the uh, South Korean zombie film that has been getting great reviews at the moment it looked too scary for me fair enough (laughs) Um, like, yeah, no, th- there are definitely still tickets left for that but I would definitely think about booking them if you are playing as the screenings have been pretty limited in London but it's mm. supposed to be really really good yeah I've heard re- really good reviews about that mm. it's supposed to be great if you like zombie movies I think they're kind of infected again yeah it's it, it clarifies on the website that it's zombie infected rather than out and out zombies but um, yeah no definitely worth checking that out on Tuesday at 7 um, then on Wednesday and Thursday we have got a uh, couple of events with the French Festival I will let our whoop, um, whoop, whoop. guests probably say more about that <laughs> in a moment but on Wednesday it is Ne Julieta and Ne Romeo at 6 o'clock which is a UK premiere with a Q&A with the director Veronica Pivetti then on Thursday it is Lazy Eye at uh, I believe 6.30 as well also on Thursday, uh, the last two events for this week, we have got Rochester Kino returning at 7 o'clock for a special screening of Society, where a Beverly Hills teen learns his parents are part of a gruesome and toxic cult for the social elite from mm. 1989. Uh, have you seen that? Which one, sorry? Society. Uh, well, the one with what, the, the horror film from yes, United, yeah, with yeah. Billy Warlock from Baywatch fame. I have seen it, yes. Okay. So yeah. that is at seven. I knew you would have done. That. Well, I was just testing. The film, the film itself it's is backfired. a bit. The film is a bit weird, um, but the special effects are incredible, like incredibly gross, mm. like because faces melt and things like that. But it's um, it's an interesting film. So yeah, that will be on <laughs> at seven. It's a rare screening again. It's another one that doesn't get many cinema outings, and there'll be the usual mix of panels and whatnot afterwards to discuss the film. Awesome. And then a very special one next Thursday sees the midnight release of. Fantastic Beasts. Oh, I thought you were actually genuinely excited by I it. I was, and then you I remember... You build I, up to it, like, the the midnight release of... Oh, it's Fantastic Beasts. Then I remember Eddie Redmayne, so yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, before that, however, we will be throwing a very special Phoenix Ball. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I do want to come. This will include a fancy dress competition, trivia Ooh. on all things Harry Potter, <gasps> and my idea a very special <laughs> that's um, why you're excited look at the little smile on his face <laughs> a very special scavenger hunt of fantastic beasts and where to find them ah cool very good Morton now can now. I reinstate my <laughs> golden snitch costume from Halloween there will be snitch witches I'm going to come as a golden snitch it's a but very poor pun that I am not responsible for for sandwiches but, but, if, I, but if I don't like, if I do this scavenger hunt and I don't find mm. like little rabbits with little like devil horns or something like that then I'm going to be disappointed. You need to. Oh, have... you can definitely find little rodents in Genesis. 
No, but no, I want to find like real, real animals though. I want like, are you going to get live animals in there? No, no, like, <laughs> no we're not. I'm gonna no, no. no Have no. I just ruined your? They're going to be toys. Idea. We're not. We're not. Are they going to be, be sort of spooky, weird toy like toys that you've kind of morphed I'm into? I'm just the ideas man. I don't know how it actually <laughs> is happening. You're like, do this idea. It's great. Oh, I imagine you've I just, got like a team of elves <laughs> doing a workshop. In I the back. just imagined the film title with a question mark on the end of it. And I was like, there's a game. There you go. I imagine it. you're getting a lot of stuffed animals and then like cutting them in half and sewing like different ones together to oh, create. Right, it's, not, it's not a Tim Burton nightmare. To create like <laughs> you're going a fantastic beasts. <laughs> I think. Well, you've got a volunteer now, Morton. If you want somebody who can construct your beasts for you, Nikki's volunteering. No, True. But I'm just going to come as the golden snitch. Again. Okay, all right. <laughs> so that will be complete with pumpkin pasties, cauldron Ooh. cakes, and butter beer. Not the official butter beer, but butter beer. <laughs> Is there an official butter yeah. beer? Have yeah. You not, have you not been to Harry Potter World? I'm 38 years old. <laughs> 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 Give me a break. Uh, it will just it was be a lot like sweeter. lager with a block of butter in it. Oh, just, just, oh really? Absolutely disgusting. That sounds that gross. Sounds That's so not gross. what it will actually be. Oh, okay. I'm just imagining. The, uh, the, re- the, uh, the official butter beer is surprisingly cold and in the book you imagine it to be warm. Mm. Like, Nikki, mm. it's not real. God almighty. <laughs> it's just... This is why we're going to have problems during a High School Musical 3 in defence of because Nikki, <laughs> Nikki seems to live in this world. It really terrifies me. It's a world of joy. Is what I live in. <laughs> a world of joy. A world of sunshine. Which well, brings actually, us on to our next song. Yeah. Well, listen to be quite, 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 like, quite nicely. Quite but in segment, fairness, we do. After this week, we do need joy and sunshine. Yeah. Um, is that it, Morton? That is it. That's it. Thank you. Well, listen. As we said, we've got um, a couple of guests from the Fringe uh, Film Festival joining us in in a couple of minutes' time. But we're going to play another track now from our soundtrack of the week. This is from Stranger Things. This is the brilliant Joy Division with Atmosphere, and we will be back after this. So 
like you find it easy aching to see walking on air hunting by the rivers through the streets every corner abandoned Welcome back to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. Very pleased today we have our guests in the studio, Muffin Hicks, the head of programme at the Fringe Film Festival, and Sydney Ultra Omni, who is hosting the Vogue Abfab Ball, which we're going to talk about a lot more a little bit later. Ooh, and, welcome. and we're going to be playing some cool tracks, <laughs> which I listened to and was like, I literally have no idea what this is, but it's uh, <laughs> really cool. Now, I'm, just, I, I'm not a house person. Per se, I have listened to it and I love them. There so you go. I'm I knew to you would like it. I was well, like, These are tracks for Matt. Matt will love this. I'm an easily pleased queer. What can you say? <laughs> <laughs> so, Muffin, first of all, do you want to just tell people who don't know what the Fringe Film Festival is? So, Fringe is a queer film and arts fest that is in its sixth year now, and we take place kind of in the middle of December, uh, of November every year, and we are mainly focusing on the fringy aspects of queer culture through film, gatherings, parties, workshops, and performances, but um, we also have, uh, you know, lots of things that everybody can get involved in, and it's really welcoming for everyone. So, you can do everything from see, you know, kind of an intellectual documentary to get your hands dirty in a spanking workshop I was going to say the spanking workshop I saw that and was like hmm maybe um, I came across to a couple of things last year and it was it was really great and like some really interesting filmmakers and stuff showcasing like that and I was think, wondering why you think it's important well why is it important for you to sh- sort of showcase queer film and arts and why it needs like a, its own space um, I think that there are a lot of queer festivals in the UK right now and uh, even though that there is a lot of us I think it's still very important to be showcasing celebrating the queer culture and also to be bringing people together and recreating those social spaces that more and more are um, being lost as individual venues especially in London Mm. and you know it's on the everybody's lips right now uh, in light of the recent US election where LGBT rights, yeah. especially trans rights, are, are being mm. threatened more and mm. more. We in were just talking about this earlier. I think that's the main yeah. thing, isn't it? I mean, we've just thought that you know we've made progress yeah. and everything is rolling back. So more and more, it's it just as important to 
uh, make sure that we know what's going on, we're still being visible, we're still celebrating this culture. And we've actually got a little workshop on, um, and it's a free workshop uh, in our program, it's called Queer Wars, but they've uh, renamed it to Glocal, meaning like global and local, which is kind of a toolkit for being aware of where LGBT rights are in the world and what you can do locally and internationally. Oh, amazing. Love That's that. Great. Yeah. So uh, you've kind of touched on it. In terms of progression, do you think things are progressing in like cinema and, and TV, or do you think now things are just <laughs> they were until they Tuesday? Were, <laughs> they were until yeah Tuesday night, and now everything's gone back. Or are you hopeful? Are more hopeful? Well, I think that, there's I more and more representation through mainstream media, and especially with uh, the proliferation of online media, mm. web shows, web series, the av- availability to make content without necessarily mm. having a lot of equipment and training that there is a lot more that is out there and can mm. be out there. Yeah, great, because we had like Tangerine last year, which made on iPhones. And um, you said, uh, I, I saw the Her Story, or we both saw the oh, Her Story um, web series, which was great, like really, really great. But I was going to say as well, because I mean, things like Her Story, which which reminded me slightly of the vibes of Transparent, and I think Jill yeah. Soloway and what her team have done has kind of opened doors a little bit. What I loved about Her Story was just how human it was you know there was no it wasn't overly dramatic it wasn't overly sentimental it was just telling this story with very key facts in it um, but it was also um, informative and not and non-sentimental and I think it's really important for um, series to exist like this and I and I wonder if you know Transparent didn't exist would this have got the recognition that it that it has you know the platform I mean I'd like to think so but I think you know we're seeing definite tides of change but very very slow Sadly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know if it would have gotten the recognition that it do- that it has. Uh, Sydney Freeland, the director, um, is an amazing filmmaking talent yeah. who's, who's uh, had her first feature and is is making other work. And this particular web series is so unique. But it's the kind of thing that most people just watch on their laptop at home alone mm. on a rainy afternoon or you know at 1 a.m. when they can't sleep. Mm. And we really wanted to bring people together to see it in in a in a you know convivial environment so that mm. they can feel how other people are reacting and ask questions and we've got a little panel on that um, I on think that's, representation. that's great I was going to say as well because it's definitely got a feel of a small independent film you know um, her story even though it's, mm. it plays out in episodes and it's uh, you know there's six six short episodes it does feel cinematic um, and the themes I think have um, you know great discussion points as well so it's yeah it's great cool um so what so what are some of the highlights of the festival? What should we not be missing? And Sydney, you can chime in here as well if you want. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I'll always uh, promote opening and closing because there are they are some of the films that every year we want to feature mm-hmm. as ones that you absolutely cannot miss. Uh, opening this year is Viva, and we're going to be down at the Rio for that, hopefully taking over and having a, a big old... Uh, joyous knees up for our opening um, and it is uh, Ireland's official entry into the Ahead Academy Awards although oh, it wow. is entirely in Spanish and made in Cuba um, <laughs> nice so, uh, it's like the UK there. there's a UK edition to the foreign language which is entirely in Farsi <laughs> same exactly um, and it's the story of a young hairdresser who has a very fraught relationship with his distant father and who finds a uh, a new found family within the drag scene mm-hmm. uh, in in Havana, and it's just absolutely a beautiful, beautiful story about him finding his own self and his strength uh, through uh, transformation. 
Cool. And then closing is Suited, which is a documentary yeah, about Bindle and Keep, who were doing uh, gender non-specific suit work uh, mm-hmm. in New York. And it's it follows six people that come in for suits for everything from having their wedding to going for a new job to being uh, a litigator in human rights cases to just wanting to find uh, clothes that they felt comfortable in their own skin wearing. Yes. Uh, and it's it's really a journey. Great. Um, so we're going to play a track now that Sydney's chosen. Do you want to? Do you want to intro it? It's it's intro. called it's Queen of Face. Queen of Face. Um, yeah, sure. It's um, from Vonalor, who is going to be one of our panelists at another event you should totally come to, which is the Abfab Ball, which is going to be ni- uh, November nineteenth at Juju's Bar. It's um, going to be we're gonna the co- event yeah. of the season. It yeah. is going to be over and everything. So. Amazing. We're going to hear more about that after this track for sure. So this one is called Queen of Face. Taking the wrong no, way, shit. No. Taking the wrong no, way, shit. No. Taking the wrong no, way, shit. No. She looks bad. I want to see some face. Face. Legendary face. She rough make money off of my name. 
Legendary bass. She rough make money off her mind, eh? Legendary She wasn't looking beautiful tonight. But she wasn't looking beautiful tonight. But she wasn't looking beautiful tonight. Look at her makeup. It's terrible. Legendary. She won't make money off her mind. Legendary. Genesis Cinema on Hoxton Radio. So that was uh, Sydney's Choice, um, and Sydney and Muffin are still in the studio talking about Fringe Film Festival. So Sydney, just want to explain the choice, and also you said the the artist is one of the judges. Yes. What are, what are they judging? Right. So Vaughn Allure um, is a very famous DJ and producer who um, makes a lot of what we call ballroom beats or voguing beats. And um, he's actually playing actually on Friday, the day before at Camden Assembly with Cakes the Killer and Rushmore. Um, but he's also going to be one of our judges, and we're like super excited. He's from DC, very enthusiastic, lovely, lovely human being. Um, and yes, he's judging a ball. So what is a ball? Well, I mean, a ball. It's <laughs> so many things. Um, well, uh, with voguing, uh, as people may know, if you Google it, if you look on YouTube, um, it involves quite a few aspects, performance, uh, dance, sometimes a bit of presentation. But the mm. idea is, at the end of the day, it's a competition. Um, and so the format is you have a judges panel, mm -hmm. usually somewhere between maybe three or, I mean, I've seen judges panels that are like, you know, 10 people <laughs> or more than that. Um, and people come and they uh, compete in a category. Oh, and cool. so for a ball, there'll be a theme. And so for this ball, our theme is Ab Fab, nice. um, because we figured we're in London, we might as well <laughs> represent. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so each category will kind of have a theme that's related to the overarching theme of the ball. Um, so when you look uh, for this ball, there's quite a few things that kind of relate to the TV show. Nice. And uh, people will come through and perform in accordance to whatever the category asks for. And if the judges see it, they give you a 10. And a 10 means that you pass on to the next round, and then you can battle somebody. Um, but if they don't see it, if they don't like what they're seeing, it's a chop. So. I like the sound of this. It's, it's kind of like Ab Fab meets Paris is Burning. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be you know, a bunch of Patsy, Eddie, and Safi's voguing. It's going to yeah. be quite amazing. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I mean, you know, it's all kind of related. But, um, you know, the idea is at the end of the day to definitely have fun, mm -hmm. uh, to come out, to perform, compete, to encourage people. 
Um, you know, chops are usually also a way of saying, you know what, we think you need a bit of work, so come back. Um, and people often do, and they get better, and it's just, yeah, a really fun way to kind of like, I don't know, exp- explore yourself. Yeah, that sounds great. So is it going to be like you're on a stage performing, or you're just, everyone's in a dance floor, and the judges are going around kind of tapping people on the shoulder? And- well, it's kicking a, them to the side. <laughs> well, it's more of a format. Hmm. I mean, it kind of harkens back to kind of jesters and courts. Mm-hmm. If I were to be give a little bit of history, I mean, voguing it has its roots in the drag scene in the U.S. in New York City in the 1920s and from the Harlem Renaissance, mm-hmm. where you had dra- very large competitions and so on. But even further back, it really kind of harkens to this idea of having a court with a king and you know everybody who's on on there and. Mm-hmm. You have a jester. You have somebody who's there to perform. I mean, I almost think of like a "Remember the Time" from Michael Jackson. I don't know if you ever yeah, saw that yeah. video where, you know, either they like it or they don't, yeah. and uh, it kind of like plays with that idea. But um, you have a runway, and so with the runway, it's you know you kind of come down, you serve, and again, if the judges see it, they'll give you a ten, and you kind of move on. So is it ten or nothing? There's no sliding scale. Yeah, unfortunately. Wow, you really have to bring your game. <laughs> yeah, to this. it's yeah. you know you got this is serious stuff. We are, yeah. We want you to bring it. And we really <laughs> want it to be at a high. You know, give 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 us your all. I mean, you might as well go big, or go home. Yeah, definitely. If you're going to turn up in outfit and the rest of it, you're going to have to yeah serve it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> are you judging or you be performing? Um, well, actually, I'll, I will be DJing and emceeing nice. with um, the my partner at English Breakfast London, JJ Revlon. We both founded cool. uh, the group actually this past year, and we just had a lot of fun hosting parties and giving people the opportunity to Vogue to kind of show their stuff and, and just have a good time. Nice. And when is the when is this when the when is the Vogue ball? So it is November nineteenth, which is a Saturday. And it's going to be at Juju's, uh, which is... Just off Brook Lane. Cool. Yes. Um, but you don't have to compete if you come. You can come to party and see what it's all about. Nice. Just okay, come and be a, be a voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're also going to be showing a, a screening of uh, the documentary Strike a Pose as well, in association with the kind of the themes of the ball. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, we're showing Strike a Pose and Kiki. Um, so with Strike a Pose, I don't know if Muffin, maybe if you want to Strike a Pose is kind of the story of Madonna's backup dancers who brought voguing to the very mainstream world stage. And it follows on from them and their time on that tour at the time that it was up to the present day and, and brings them in. So you get um, a lot of stories that of every issue that has affected the queer community since then and a lot of Madonna and a lot of voguing. Um, and we've got that paired as well with Kiki, um, which is almost thinking about uh, a, a present day Paris is burning and an update of what's going on, who these people are now. Um, and that is unfortunately already sold out. So there's only a few more tickets left for Strike a Pose. So if you want to get in there with our, our voguing triple threat, then you need to uh, get on it. And then if you came to the ball, saw the films, and just want to learn a bit more, Mm -hmm. we've also got a panel discussion day. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the next day on um, November 20th. Not too early, I hope, after the ball. Uh, No, I think it's kind of hangover friendly. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, I'll be hosting a sort of panel talk. Um, We want it to be really cozy and intimate Mm. and um, very excited. It's called Let's Have a Kiki. 
and we're going to have a dialogue about voguing in London because we do it here. There is a what we call ballroom, uh, London ballroom scene or London voguing scene. Um, and so we invited Twiggy, who Twiggy oh, Pucci Garcon, wow. who is the writer behind the documentary Kiki, yes. um, as well as two very big voguers here in London and Europe at large, Diva D Magnifique, who is featured actually in the FKA Twigs video, uh, Glass and Patron. You can yeah. check that out on our Facebook, as well as Darrell Khan, who is the overall father of the House of Khan in the UK. Um, another really great performer and somebody who we're so excited to have and I'm excited to kind of you know pick their brains and also give people a chance to ask questions about voguing so many discussions I think right now about oh what's appropriation mm, how yeah. should we feel about all these folks and things and and also just you know to learn a bit more about the history but can I just say though I think what I love about this festival is that you've got such a mix of stuff you've got you know educational informative filmmaking but you've also got light hearted stuff in there you've got like the ballrooms I mean it's it's a real mix it's going to be entertaining and informative on both levels I think you've got it like absolutely spot on in terms of the programming and I should mention as well we're going to be talking a little bit later on about Death Becomes Her and of course you're screening that as well which is the Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah what I love about this is you're trying to turn this into like a Rocky Horror style thing which is exactly the type of audience this film should have we it's want everybody true. to be bringing their undead zombie glamour <laughs> <laughs> undead realness um, <laughs> that's going to be hosted by Holstar who does our late night screenings very often at the Rio to bring an all singing all dancing all quoting uh, moment and brilliant scheduling here as well putting on 11.30 at night after the pub so like ladies and gents just get like tanked up get dressed up and go and have like a proper little kind of in immersive experience with Death Becomes Her because we are going to be talking a, a little bit later on in the show about it because it is our cult film choice so that's exciting um, we should just like give out as well where you guys uh, where people can get tickets for the show as well so do you want to give that info out yeah, so you can go online to www.fringefilmfest.com uh, to see our whole program, purchase tickets. We do have uh, 13 free events and screenings, so you don't have to break the bank if you want to come out and join us. We want to make sure that this is accessible for mm -hmm. all the members of our community, friends and allies, and people that are curious and want to come along. So do come see. We've got 20 features, 88 shorts, a brunch... <laughs> panels, workshops, everything that you could want to do on this uh, cold and dark November. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Muffin and City. Really appreciate you guys coming on, and thanks, Muffin, for coming on again. Hope you'll come back again next year. Pleasure. Um, <laughs> and do you want to intro your final song choice, Sydney, which oh. is... Uh, What's it called? Love is the message. Love is the message. This is a super classic um, Vogue tune. One of the earliest ones. Philly soul, Philly sound. At MFSB. Love is the message. Uh, yeah, something you can definitely vote down to. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
Welcome back to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. Uh, we had our very special guests just uh, leave the studio, which were from Fringe Fest, Muffin Hicks, and Sydney Ultra Omni. Um, so definitely check out their website, fringefilmfest.com, and follow them on Twitter, at Fringe Film Fest, because they've got some really great stuff. And yeah, I it's tell you, brilliant. it's such a great programme, and mm. they've really got it right. I think they've got the balance right. It's fun, it's informative, educational. And also I want to give a shout-out to my friend Rosie Wilby, who's going to be doing the Queer Say, which is... Um, poetry and comedy oh. Rosie is an amazing stand-up com- comedian so get down and see her if you can and now we're entering our movie news section so we've got quite a few trailers to play for you a little bit later but first up Morton's got some uh, some news about an American werewolf in London yes another remake uh, um, neither one strikes not again. a Disney one this time no. <laughs> as you said it is a remake of an American werewolf in London in 1981 horror slash comedy classic um it's one of those ones that normally when you see that news headline mm-hmm. you shudder with fear of yeah. why are they doing it but this one's got a slightly interesting undertone to it that uh, so the original one by the great john landis the new one will have him on as an executive producer okay. and the writer director will be his son max landis who wrote chronicle american ultra and uh, okay. has made his cool. and Victor Frankenstein and has made his uh, directing debut with a more kind of like indie family romance drama so it's like he's definitely a talented young guy but it still kind of feels like why are you remaking yeah. this why does he just he could just make a a werewolf movie that isn't an exactly. American werewolf in London yeah like. it's the kind of thing it's one of those properties that it's it, it's so unique that but it's about like you say it's about a grand tradition so just make something in that grand tradition rather than a remake mm. and also I think that Rick Baker defined oh well he made his name on the back of American Werewolf and the, yeah. uh, and the special effects and it won the first the ever first Oscar, Oscar yeah. first special effects um, and it, you know, it wasn't too much of it but obviously this is going to be probably very CGI heavy um, which kind of will maybe render the, the impact less because yeah. um, they'll have to cater to a modern, modern audience yeah I suppose they will I would hope that there would be some practical uh works because I still whenever I think about like the kind of transformation stuff as well and in terms of like practical costumes against CGI as well I always think back to the uh, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes and the only thing that film had going for it was that the makeup and the costumes for the apes was fantastic so there's still so much you can do with practical and maybe because he's the son of John Landis and John Landis you know is executive producing this maybe they'll go in that direction I think you know interestingly Stranger Things kind of highlighted how you can do it with less CGI but of course that was set in the 80s so depending on when this is set you know if it's a if it's a shot for shot remake Mm. you know set at the Mm. same time but obviously you know filmmakers or sorry film companies tend to try and avoid that now because of budgetary reasons it costs a lot more (laughs) to do a period piece um, even an 80s film than it does a modern day would you like to hear a weird thing that happened yes, with always. this as well? So literally less than two hours after I sent you the link uh, to this mm-hmm. via WhatsApp, <laughs> I think I proved their security and like their privacy measures are being used for surveillance. Oh, really? Because within two hours of sending you this link, somebody on Twitter called Jay Landis followed me. <laughs> That's bizarre. It's not John Landis, so it's just. <laughs> I saw just, your Facebook just some post. Just a random poet from New Hampshire, but it was just yeah. It's I saw very your odd. Facebook post about that actually. Mm. 
all of the social media. So, is what, what are you trying to say that the encryption message that you see at the top of WhatsApp could actually be untrue? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I think you're right because I was um, googling on my phone after using WhatsApp and I was getting like random ads mm. where I was thinking, I know I've had a discussion about that, mm. but I haven't just talked about it on Facebook or Twitter. So, where are they getting this info from? And then it must be via either stuff we've talked about on the WhatsApp group, Fox the Movies, or one of the multiple multiple, multiple groups. Groups, group, yeah. You know, How many groups do you have, Rob? I have quite a few groups. <laughs> quite a few groups that I am a part of. Some, some that I've been, you know, booted out of. <laughs> mainly, I'm, uh, I'm still there clinging on. But no, I think you're right. I think, I think they're probably selling the data. So just talk mm. about your favourite film stars and. You could be yeah. followed by one. Yeah. Oh, nice. God, am I? Maybe God. just start so, making wishes on WhatsApp. Or I could be on I the wish. FBI's what most wanted list after the stuff I've been know, messaging I about was, Trump. But you know, I was kind of worried about that because I, I plan to visit America at some point. Um, Why would you next, go now? No, go, go visit now. to visit next Why? year. My friend lives there. Um, <laughs> but da- I, Donald J. Trump. But, um, <laughs> I was talking to someone once and they said that they brought up someone's emails and was like, this, you know, it says this, it says that, it says you're you're like working illegally essentially in the country, and they wouldn't let them in. So and I was like, because I had WhatsApp saying something about <laughs> Trump, which I'm now not going to say on air because it's mm. just defeating the point. And then I was like, shit, I should probably delete that from my <laughs> <laughs> in case they're ever like, yeah, we're just gonna, we've gone through your WhatsApps and um, we've seen threats against Good. our so, current leader. You're not the, coming in the country. <laughs> there's the brilliant article that I always go back to on this kind of subject of uh, when Charlie Brooker kind of insinuated that somebody should assassinate uh, George Bush and just the amount of backlash that he got from it was ridiculous like he just couldn't open his phone for ages wow. because of just it. for the hate yeah yeah that's hilarious but I mean I'm glad to see that the results this week haven't made us even more paranoid <laughs> <laughs> much anyway so that was the uh, American Wealth in London remake um, by Max Landis who is the son of John so we've got high hopes for that so Nikki what's your bit of movie news well, there's been loads of trailers, so we've got three big trailers to play you. Uh, one of them is the Lego Batman movie, which I am super psyched about. And I'm thinking, this comes out in February. Um, Donald Trump will be officially sworn in at the end of January. So I think this will be like the perfect <laughs> light relief movie that we're all waiting for. This is what we really or want. Or could be the final movie we ever see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the voice cast for this is actually really good. It's got Jenny Slate doing Harley Quinn. I, I absolutely love her. I think she's Jenny awesome. Slate's amazing. She's I mean, just so her work funny. in Parks and Rec. Oh and my God. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> <Money>, please. <laughs> that no. is my favourite. Every time she comes on, I'm like, yes. <laughs> Uh, Ray Fiennes is doing the voice of Alfred Um, Rosario Dawson's doing the voice of Batgirl Zach Galifianakis is the Joker Michael Cera is uh, Robin slash Dick Grayson and for my money Will Arnett is possibly the best Batman that's ever graced our screens oh he's amazing he's Mm. just that droll and dry kind of delivery is just amazing so listen to this because it's got some absolutely killer jokes in it already it must be great to be Batman I'm blushing super hard under the mask. Batman! Pray God. Thanks, Batman! I can only imagine he's going home right now to party the night away, surrounded by friends and lady activewear models. Hey, computer. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. 
Master Bruce. Your greatest fear is... Snakes? No. Clouds? No. It's being a part of a family again. No, now it's snake clouds because you put that idea in my head. Sir, you need to take responsibility for your life, and it starts by raising the young orphan you adopted. Whee! I thought I was being sarcastic. Hello, secret camera. We built this city. What? It's the bat cave. Gosh, oh my gosh, look, it's the bat sub. Don't touch that. The bat zeppelin. Don't touch that either. It's the bat kayak. No. Do I get a costume? I love it, but his pants are just a little tight. I got an idea. It's better. I can only look you in the eyes right now. Hi, Batman. No way. Come catch your greatest enemy. Superman is my greatest enemy. Superman's not a bad guy. Then I'd say that I don't currently have a bad guy. I am fighting a few different people. I like to fight around. Hi, Barbara Gordon, new police commissioner. It's my dream for the police force to team up with Batman. What? Wouldn't that be better? I hate everything you just said. Gotcha. Nice. Initialize master building. Got it. Here you go, Yes, we did it. Pretty cool, huh? Why did you build this thing with only one seat? Because last I checked, I only had one butt. Let's go defeat the Joker. Woo! We're going on a family trip. I can wear my costume, too. Well, luckily for us, you left your costume back in... Oh, no, under your clothes. That's perfect. So there you go. That was the trailer for the Lego Batman movie, which we uh, it brought us unbridled joy in the uh, studio. We've had a good giggle of that. Yeah. So that's coming out in February 2017. The next bit of movie news we're going to talk about is that trailer two for DC's Wonder Woman dropped mm -hmm. last week. Which I think actually looks really good. It actually looks much better because the first trailer, I have to say, mm -hmm. I was slightly underwhelmed yeah. by. And I really want this film to be successful, even more so now. Um, so it's uh, it's the fifth, sorry, the fourth instalment in the DC Extended Universe. It's... Um, rather excitingly directed by Patty Jenkins who directed yes. Monster she hasn't done a big feature since no. Monster actually no. which was like 2003 mm. I think she was attached to the Thor sequel originally but, but left, left because yeah. of creative differences yeah, so yeah, yeah. interesting that she's gone from Marvel to DC mm. um, this one is written by two men Alan Heinberg and Jeff Johns from a story by Heinberg and Jack Sn uh, Zack Snyder which is <laughs> slightly worrying um, but the good news is is that um Israeli actress Gal Gadot has been... It's actually Gal Gadot, I found out recently. But it's pronounced Gadot. No, it's actually pronounced Gadot. I've never heard any pronounce it Gadot. Well, on the Empire podcast, that's what they said. Well, okay. <laughs> well, I say Gadot. Gal Gadot. Um, <laughs> she is playing uh, uh, Wonder Woman. And, and she is beautiful. She is absolutely absolutely beautiful. Also, I think, like, talented as well. I've yeah, not seen her too much. Like, I've only seen her briefly in um, Batman vs Superman um, and not in much else. But I've heard that she's, even though the film Keeping Up the Joneses is really bad, apparently she's very good in it. Very funny. Um, but also what's interesting is you've got Chris Pine in here, big, mm. big name, playing the love interest. Uh, Connie Nielsen is playing um, the Queen of the Amazonians. Robin Wright is playing the kind of kick-ass. Um, her aunt, I think, who's like the mm. leader of the Warriors. Um, Lucy Davis pops up um, from The Office, who plays the kind of comic uh, psychic. Mm. But yeah, so trailer two, it just might, it looks much more grand and much more epic. Yeah. The first mm. one looked like it might have a little bit of a ropey CGI, I don't know. And obviously, of course, then there was leaks on Twitter and stuff where people were like denouncing it already as being below par. But I've heard this week they've had some uh, industry screenings and um, Warner Brothers execs oh, really? have come out and said, mm. it's great. 
they're really happy with it. Um, what I find weird though mm. is that we've already got trailer two and it's not out until June. Yeah. That's a very that's that's. But they did that with it, um, Suicide Squad. They it had trailer might be to a late is. This is technically the first yeah. full trailer. The previous one it was, was classic. It was like a teaser, teaser yeah. even though it showed a lot. It wasn't really. It was quite lengthy, yeah. wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think but, it's because it was quite low on dialogue in that yeah. one. But um, there's some good jokes I think in here though as well. It looks, it it looks like it's got the balance right. It's, yeah, it looks like it's finally kind of got that balance in the sense that it is. It's got a few sort of jokes, but it's maintaining like its sort mm. of seriousness. But I think it's. I'm hoping from the trailer anyway. It looks like it straddles it very well. But it's hard, isn't it? Because we've got no idea tonally what how Patty Jenkins is going to get it right. Because Monster was so dark. I kind of want it to be dark. I kind yeah. of feel like the DC they need to carve a niche for themselves. Like Marvel have got the the comedy down. Like they've done that. Yeah. That's been done. Yeah. It'd be better for them to keep with the niche. Like maybe with a few bits of like dark humour. Like the, the humour that is in there is kind of like we call secretary like when he, she says oh you're a secretary what, is, what do you do and she's like oh where I come from that's a slave and it's kind of like boom yeah it's funny but it's not like really overtly comedic mm. it's kind of like a bit of like underhand humour and I think that would be really good and I, I honestly think DC need to carve themselves this darker niche because that will separate them from Marvel and it'll be like okay great they're not doing what Mar- they're not trying to do what Marvel are doing yeah and also I really love what happened recently which is Wonder Woman was officially a United Nations ambassador so they got together mm-hmm. Linda Carter who originated the role in the 70s and can I just say what? when I, I was a, when I was a kid yes. I was like literally. oh yeah you dressed up as Wonder Woman I know I wanted a Wonder Woman costume when I was two years old <laughs> and I asked for it and you know and did I, you not get it no because well I, I, well not really I mean we're talking about the island, island in 1979 so <laughs> they weren't quite ready for my transformation or transition to be honest but um yeah, no, so Linda Carter, I was obsessed with her, and she's like totally Amazonian. So she and Gal Gadot were um, at the United Nations, and they were talking about how it was like Wonder Woman Day, and the idea, obviously, is to empower young mm. women and young girls, which I absolutely love, and I love seeing these two people together because it's iconic. So I've really got everything crossed that this is going to be absolutely kick-ass because it's a part of my childhood as well. I was such a huge fan of the TV show that I'll be very disappointed if the film doesn't live up to expectations. So next year, should we get you a Wonder Woman question for your birthday? You don't need to get me one, Nikki. I've already got it. Oh, you have already got it. <laughs> I, was just, I wanted to clear up whether you actually ever got the Wonder Woman question? Uh, no, but my brother told everybody at school when we were at secondary school. So for his stag do, I got him a Wonder Woman costume and handcuffed him to the railings outside the main train station during rush hour with a little CD player playing the theme music. <laughs> so I got him back. And all the time I was like, as much as I'm enjoying getting you back, I really wish I was in that outfit. Anyway, <laughs> anyway more. what were we going to say? Uh, no, kind of along from what you were saying as well, I really do hope that it does live up to it. I know that when people started kind of degrading it Patty Jenkins came out and she was like you've not seen any of it yet like only I have seen it so far don't start like just assuming that it will be Suicide Squad and I think that is the problem Suicide Squad's trailers were actually pretty good so it kind of raised people's hopes (laughs) that was a crashing disappointment a trailer is kind of not enough to judge just yet well I was just going to say quickly um with everything that's happened in America mm. and the reasons mm. behind it and the misogyny yeah. that's running rife, it's say, even more important that this film does well. I, I was also going to say, I think maybe some of the early backlash is similar to the early backlash against um, go- uh, Ghostbusters and people just yeah. don't want a female-led, female-directed superhero movie. And yeah. it will be the first as well because it's going to be Captain Marvel into the cinema. So mm. it will set 
an important precedent, whether mm. it's good or bad. And if it's, it's bad, it just, yeah. if it's bad, it just gives misogynists more fuel to their fire to be like, you see, girls can't lead movies. And can I just say that Ghostbusters, the remake, comes out at the end of the month. And if you uh, were one of those people that hated it without... Oh, on DVD, I'm already pre-ordered the But Blu-ray. if you're one of those people that hated it before you even see it, how about you watch it first, okay? Yeah. Haters. Haters. Anyway, <laughs> this is the trailer for Wonder Woman 2. This is the second trailer that Gal Gadot starra. I used to want to save the world. This beautiful place. But the closer you get, the more you see the great darkness within. this the hard way a long long time ago what is your mission to stop the war what war the war to end all wars weapons far deadlier than you can ever imagine the war can be ours whoever you are you are in more danger than you think i cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost Be careful, Diana. Who is this woman? She's my um, secretary, sir. She's, she's a very good secretary. It is our sacred duty to defend the world. And it's what I'm going to do. We use our principles, although I am not opposed to engaging in a bit of fisticuffs should the occasion arise. So there you go. That was the uh, official trailer for Wonder Woman, which comes out in uh, June 2017. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. And we were just saying we love that guitar bit in the uh, in the theme music. It's amazing. Anyway, last bit of movie news. Well, it's not really movie news. It's streaming news um, as such. It's Big Little Lies, which is HBO's upcoming American comedy miniseries created by David E. Kelly, who um, created... Um, the practice and various like Ali McBeal things like that um, also married to Michelle Pfeiffer Ooh. yeah in real life um, the book is uh, based on the book of the same name by uh, Lane Moriarty and um, or Mor- Moriarty Moriarty I don't know Moriarty Moriarty I don't know anyway the series will air on HBO um, the, f- the pilot episode was written by Kelly and the series consists of seven episodes all directed by Jean-Marc Valli who directed Dallas Buyers Club and Wild and Wild um, which and I love Nice little segue into Wild because the film is starring and is produced by Reese Witherspoon and also starring and produced by Nicole Kidman. They've mm. teamed up for this. Um, but the cast is actually really stellar. It's massive. Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Shailene Woodley, Laura Dern, Adam Scott, Zoe Kravitz. It's a great 
great cast. So basically, I think what what I don't really know the premise too much, but it's about a bunch of mothers. I think it's about a bunch of mothers. It says things take a dark turn for a group of moms with, whose perfect lives begin to unravel. Yeah, so, and I think from the trailer, which um, we're going to play for you in a minute, it, it sort of hints at um, kind of, you know, this kind of keeping up with the Joneses thing and mm. mum's kind of battling at the school gates, um, but then it takes a kind of dark, sinister turn. What I'm really interested about and what I really love about this is that for probably the last two years, Nicole Kidman and, and Reese Witherspoon have been talking quite openly about how they really respect and like each other professionally and personally, and they wanted to get a project off the ground. So they went out and did this. They went out and got it done. What's even more exciting is that it's on HBO, which means that it's going to be, it's going to be good. I would imagine and, and also they've kind of recruited people like Laura Dern worked with mm. um, Reese Witherspoon in Wild and obviously they got a good um, relationship going Shailene Woodley's a really great um, actress Zoe Kravitz apparently is great in this as well so yeah it's exciting I think um, it's going to be I don't know when they've actually got, they haven't really given it a release date yet they no, just say it's, it's upcoming so um, what's it? well it might yeah it will be next year by now wouldn't it because we would have heard so yeah we're going to play you the trailer so it'll give you a little, uh, a little taster for Little Big Lies which is coming out on HBO very shortly um, after that we're going to be reviewing Arrival and we're also going to be we're going to have our in defence section where Nikki's going to be defending High School Musical 3 and me and Morton are going to be banging our heads on the desk and then we're going to be talking about Death Becomes Her as well which is our cult vault selection so enjoy we'll be back after this What do you look at in the ocean? What's out there? It's full of life. Dreams. Mystery. Monsters. <laughs> Who knows what lies out there beneath the surface? I'm depending on you Tell me the
Radio. Welcome back to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. Um, so there were two more tracks there from our theme 
of the week, which is Stranger Things yes. um, soundtrack, both great. Um, we should also just say a quick shout out to our Rowena, who's not with us this week, because she's not very well. So I just want to say um, a big hello to her, because we didn't get a chance to at the beginning of the show. Hopefully she'll be back with us next week. Okay, so... Yeah, I'm missing um, her, because she's going to... I thought she might be on my side. I know, you are alone <laughs> in defence of High School Musical. I love Morton's look here. Look at him. He's like, me and Morton are going to tear her apart. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. But no, first of all, we're going to talk about the only really big release this week, which is Arrival. It's Denny Venu's incredible sci-fi drama, which Morton and I caught at the London Film Festival. Actually, Nikki did as well, but a few days later, so sadly missed um, the first chat that we had about mm-hmm. it um, on air. So, yeah, it's a it's an American science fiction drama film. It's, it's directed by Denny Venu, who directed Prisoners and Sicario. And it's based on a short story called The Story of Your Life. Um, and it stars Amy Adams as a uh, linguist called Louise Banks, um, who, uh, at the beginning of the film, were introduced to, and she gets recruited by the army when mysterious pods um, yeah. position themselves in 12 different places over the earth. Um, and basically they need her, the army need her to uh, try and communicate with the uh, extraterrestrials. Um, along for the ride is mathematician Ian Donnelly, played by Jeremy Renner, um, and the US Army colonel is played by Forrest Whitaker. Um, and basically it all kind of rests on Louise's skills at communication. Um, uh, well, that plot line does. Mm. Um, the film itself actually has it's it's really thematic there mm. is a lot going on in it a lot of it is about loss and memory and grief yeah. but also um it's about world politics world politics and how we have to rely on each other in the most dire mm. of circumstances and it could not be more timely I was say, more apt than I right do, now i don't think it was made as a result of donald trump <laughs> running for president <laughs> but i think definitely now and i think if you go back and watch the film mm. um because i we saw it morton and i before the election um and i think if we were to watch it again now i think it would be even more timely but i have to say of all the films that i saw at the london film festival this year this is the one that has stayed with me it's the one that I've thought about the most it's the one I, I kind of drift off thinking about sometimes because I've, I felt like it was expertly done in the sense that it's it's not what you expect mm. but also it resonates so deeply with you because I think the best kind of cinema is the sort of film that does stay with you for a long time and has real messages and depth and there's a lot of things that play here that work really well the direction is fantastic the cinematography is breathtaking yeah, like it's, it's so it's beautiful it's, yeah. it really is yeah. beautifully shot but also Amy Adams her understated so intelligence and emotional depth that she brings to this role um is great and I mean we, we, we wax lyrical a lot about this on the show about how it's um, great to see really strong female characters three dimensional female characters leading a film well this is the perfect example of that mm. I think because she is a character that relies on no one mm. you know it's her wits it's her intelligence it's what she brings to the table that moves the uh, the narrative along um, I just I I, I loved this film yeah I did re- I thought it was very very good and, and I think you're right in ter- especially in terms of what it's saying about global relations and also, you know, people's fear of the unknown as well, um, in the sense of like some of some of the army people's reaction to the aliens and like how they want to deal with this, what they think of as a threat, and their instant reaction is this is a threat, and her let's instant re- it. and her instant reaction is no, let's find out, you know, why they might be here. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, let, they're obviously here for something. What, let's find out before we just jump to conclusions. And I think that is obviously very important right now. And it really like does hark back to, you know, looking inward on ourselves and you come out of it thinking, wow, you know, we should probably start doing some checking of ourselves. Um, and you're right, the performances are, are absolutely stunning. 
I actually think I did think Amy Adams was very good. I don't know. I wouldn't say her performance is understated necessarily. I think she she was good. She was very good, but it was it was quite like gutsy and emotional. No, it was gutsy, but I think given and I'm not going to. It would. It, it's hard to talk about this film without giving mm, anyway. Yeah, so I don't want to do that. I don't want to spoil it for anyone because it does come out this weekend. But I want to say that I think there are there is the opportunity to go for a big Oscar bait scene mm. given what she's going through as a character and I think she downplays that mm. um, in a way that is both believable and real you you get a real sense that this woman is entirely committed to what she does for a living and why she does it is because it's a way of her you know um, putting aside what she's dealing with personally and I think she captures that so well and I, I, I don't think it's like unfair to say when you see the other film that she's in this year that, that is also brilliant Nocturnal, Nocturnal Animals. She spoke about last week. Last Nocturnal week. She's, her versatility as a performer, mm. Mm. her ability to make you absolutely believe the character she's playing, whether it's Sydney in American Hustle, you know, Giselle in Enchanted, to Louise in this, or or Susan in Nocturnal Animals. She is an extraordinary talent. Extraordinary. She's one of those ones that in both of these films, um, Arrival and Nocturnal Animals, at no point in any of the scenes do you think, oh, I'm watching Amy Adams. You are always thinking that you're watching the character that she is. Yeah. At that time, I would. It's again, like you say, it's difficult to um, talk about this film without spoiling mm-hmm. it, and I won't definitely not because I do think people should go and see it. But I think um, I would take issue with um, her character being entirely strong. I think there are moments when you could argue that it is it's not her making decisions, mm-hmm. but um, no, I think I think me, there was a moment towards the end where you felt that. Didn't yeah, you? I th- for me, it's one of those films. It was actually one of my disappointments of uh, London Film Festival. I thought the first hour was brilliant. It's uh, throughout, it's beautiful. The way they realise the language is fantastic. Mm. But I think it just it lost something in story in the second half and kind of fell a little bit flat for me. I think mm. for me, it's one of those films that it will do a very good job of tricking a lot of people to, into going to see a more intelligent film than they would normally go and see because it deals with the kind of blockbuster ideas of Mm. alien invasion very well yeah but at the same time it isn't as intelligent as it thinks it is it's kind of it loses a lot in the second half for me yeah and i think you're right because i think in the marketing not i mean not in terms of how you feel about the film but i think in terms terms of marketing yeah yeah, it's definitely been positioned as a a kind of big blockbuster yeah and it's not really um i mean it looks amazing and and bradford young is the guy that did the uh, cinematography and he's actually doing the cinematography oh is it i presumed it was uh roger deakins after sicario no it was him and of course he's done things like i mean his his cinematography on selma a most violent year um and he's gonna we're we're both fantastic and he's also Mm. doing the uh new Han Solo Star Wars anthology film as well so um, I think he's obviously going to make that look grand but um, yeah I I just this film as I say I can't when I saw it and I think I said this to you Morton when we came out the screen it's like I'm not sure I entirely understood everything Mm. that was going on in it but at the same time it is it stayed with me it does invite second watches I think yeah Yeah, um, so it's out this weekend um, Arrival it's shining at the Genesis I think it's out today it is out today oh it's out today oh so there you go so you might be able to even catch the late screening tonight at the Genesis Um, I would really recommend go and see this if you want to go and see something that is beautiful to look at emotional and intelligent then Arrival is probably one of the, the best of this year I think anyway this is a clip and we'll be back after this Everything you're doing here, I have to explain to a room full of men whose first and last question is how can this be used against us? Kangaroo. What is that? In 1770, 
Captain James Cook's ship ran aground off the coast of Australia and he led a party into the country and they met the Aboriginal people. One of the sailors pointed at the animals that hop around and put their babies in their pouch and he asked what they were and the Aborigines said kangaroo. It wasn't until later that they learned that kangaroo means I don't understand. I can show that for now. Yeah. And remember what happened to the Aborigines. A more advanced race nearly wiped them out. It's a good story. Thanks. It's not true. But it proves my point. That was a clip from Arrival, which is in cinemas from today. So you can catch it at our partnership cinema, Genesis. Don't forget to check out their website, genesiscinema.co.uk, for all of the times. So right now, mm-hmm. we're bringing back uh, In Defense Of, which is our feature in which one of us defends a film. And I think our remit for this was that it have to, has to have less than six on IMDb or less than sort of... 60% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which this film does, obviously. Um, Why? <laughs> shush you. We gave you a chance with Grease too. Yes, what I true. think is actually interesting is, um, so the film that I've chosen to defend this week is High School Musical 3. And what I think is interesting is both these indefenses of have been musicals, mm-hmm. which is an interesting question. Maybe people don't like musicals so much, but Why? Oh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Uh, so this is directed by... So it came out in 2008, because I actually went to the cinema to see this. So this was the first of the High School Musical movies to make it into a cinema release. The first two were just TV movies that came out on Disney Channel. Um, and I would defend the first film as well, because the first film's great. The second one kind of loses it, but the the first film is also brilliant. Oh, it's like The Godfather. (laughs) (laughs) Just you. So it's directed by Kenny Otega, who directed Hocus Pocus and some of Gilmore Girls. And was also the choreographer of Dirty Dancing, the original. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this stars uh, Zac Efron. This kind of put him on the map as uh, (laughs) the, the new boy toy of Hollywood, I guess. Yeah, I think I'm going to get that. Vanessa Hudgens also in it. Ashley Tis- Tisdale and uh, Corbin Bleu. So the, <laughs> the uh, that, is that that's his stage name, right? That's the SAG. That after. It must be he went to SAG and was like, "Hi, my name's like Barry Jenkins." Or something. <laughs> they were like, no, Corbin Bleu. <laughs> that's what we see you as. So the film is the third in the, in the trilogy. They're all in their last year of high school. They've got lots of things going on in their lives. So. Then, <laughs> <laughs> they're not ready. Nice. <laughs> they, you know, they're they're choosing colleges. They're just, you know, dealing with potential breakups um, or like moving on from high school and growing up. And I think the reason I love this movie is one it is there is so much good choreo- choreo- choreography in this. Like you cannot deny the ba- like dancing with basketballs. Like what? Mental, mind so blowing. good, mind blowing, absolutely brilliant. Um, the the I, I I think yeah. So the choreography is brilliant. The songs are fantastic. Like I always sing along to all of these songs all the time. Um, I'm quite an emotional person, so it kind of gets me. Like from the beginning, I was like welling up. Like oh god, they have to leave each other. They're so in love. And I think especially at this time, it's nice to see a film that is just out and out, in like fun and happy 
And that is what it's trying to do. It's You guys think it's cheesy, but of course it's cheesy. It's a musical. It's called High School Musical. It knows its audience. It knows who it's playing to. It's playing to young teenagers who want to just look at Zac Efron singing and dancing. And it does that and it delivers that. And it is perfectly within its niche. It, the audience is constantly happy because all it gives them is good old fashioned PG fun and that's what it is it's just a happy film makes me happy Morton you want to take this it makes me happy first of all I want to apologise to Matt because (laughs) this makes Grease 2 look like a masterpiece (laughs) yes Um, defence secondly I did not need to watch it last night watching it last night with like the mostly white cast of American singing. Oh, We're all me. in this together. There's, there's a load of there's loads. Yeah, of, but um, I'm going to make a point about that. There's okay. loads. There's loads of diversity, and yet none of them get any lines mm. at all. There's plenty of diversity. Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens. Okay, is, she's meant to be Latino, but let's be fine. honest. <laughs> my issue Corbin with Blair. it in term, one of my many issues with it in terms of diversity. I know, okay, that it's Disney, and it was quite a few years ago now, so that they were still a long way from being even remotely brave Mm. but it is a high school it is the last year of high school just to put it in comparison this is the same year of high school that the first american pie film is set in i know that one has problems as well and it's not going to be that film because it's a disney film but that has no diversity in it either no i'm not talking about diversity there i'm talking talking more about the themes and edge but in terms of diversity my problem with it is that there is no consideration given to LGBT whatsoever in it and it's just just one of the characters just could have been just actually two of the characters could have been but instead no they pair them off as their prom dates and if they just addressed that they were their beards even then it mm. would have given some edge without having to confront that issue I'm in not a Disney saying that this well. film does not have faults but obviously it has faults there are lots of things that it has faults firstly Ashley Tisdale's character is underdeveloped <laughs> <laughs> she's not given a whole lot to do and also if you watch the she, the, is, she is given a miniskirt to sashay through a high school through <laughs> <laughs> with, with all these like prepubescent boys going absolutely nuts for her. Yeah, so with and I the quite first like the fact film, that like the, you know you've got like the jolly, slightly overweight girl who basically just there to like <laughs> jump up and smile <laughs> and do the thumbs up at them. She's given she's given no dialogue whatsoever. And then there's the African American girl who is all sassy when she gets her diploma and just mm. does this click, but isn't even given a line of dialogue. And she is no, loads well, of times. I, I, I may have skimmed. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you said you were going to watch it you because I couldn't watch- get through the first ten minutes. It's I like skimmed ex- the final song to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. because by that point I had had enough of the auto-tune it was just it was the auto-tune horrendous. is horrific I um, felt like I was I watching Justin s- Bieber's brain being know. splattered across a sweet shop window <laughs> it was just vile <laughs> that it could was... be my that should be on the poster okay <laughs> firstly is, I'm addressing the issue of Edge of course it's not going to have Edge it's a U and it's a <sighs> Disney Channel produced high school musical musical like that's what it is then um, keep it on the Disney channel not in cinemas no but it but also- that's it got so big it made it into cinemas because it was so well loved and people the fans brought it to cinemas can I just say I understand the appeal for um, a certain age group because of Zac Efron and the whole kind of cookie mm. cutter you know um, aspect of it but there is a real issue that I have with this kind of Americana 
you know, tinted view of what American high school is like. The problem that I have with any of these films, no matter how sanitised they're meant to be, what men audience they're meant to be, is how unrealistic they are in across every level. And I think now, I know this was like quite old, this mm. film, but for me, it felt mm. like not that old, it yeah. felt like an extended Backstreet Boys video. It seemed to go on forever. <laughs> the songs were nondescript. Zac Efron with his hair, okay. that haircut alone. I mean, the songs he, are amazing. He doesn't know they're not. He doesn't. We're gonna play a song, and it's amazing. It, he doesn't. Um, um, he doesn't show any of the kind of comedic chops or, or anything that he's shown. In, in, I mean, it's incredible that he's gone on to have an actual pretty credible career because he's so bland. I mean, they mm. all are. Because the thing is, none of the characters are three-dimensional. And I get they don't need to be because it's for kids. But I, don't, I disagree. I think they are three-dimensional. So the whole point of the first one, it was that... Oh, because he was... has to choose between basketball and whether he's going to go to performing arts college. <laughs> yeah, that. The, the whole point of the first one, and I know it was it was fairly contrived and fairly unrealistic, was the fact that y- y- they the whole point was to like not stick to the status quo of like a jock has to be this and like a nerd has to be that. And so, you know, he's like the jock that does But still drama. gets the girl, still looks incredibly yeah. well, still massively successful, you know, doesn't really interact those with Those people any- do exist. I'm does, sorry. They, pe- they went to school with those people. They exist. But they don't interact with anybody else. In the- I mean, everybody that else is That was the whole point was breaking, breaking it down. So if you see, if you watch the actual film... I did watch there it. Was, there's the bit where he says to um, Vanessa Hudgens' character... Um, now I can't remember her name Gabriella and he's like before you arrived there were people I used to pass in the hall and now we, I stop and talk to them they're my friends oh so- how good is he and she's nice because she's the non-Latino Latino <laughs> who has brought everybody together. She's the auto-tuned angel. That is who mm. Vanessa Hudgens is. She's terrible, by the way. She is literally, she, yeah, she she's, is literally the most one-note actress I've she, ever seen. She is pretty bad. She was the mum in the garden. <laughs> well. Like just, oh... If she's terrible, like how has the mum got a career at that point as well? It's just there is so much to enjoy about this and the uh, credits. <laughs> the what the credits. The credits, yeah. Well when they all like It's pause. over. <laughs> Do you know what I really enjoyed about it? The bit where it buffered for about ten minutes. I really yeah, enjoyed that. Bit. That was a great bit. That was a really great bit. Did um, you not like any you didn't like any of the songs? I so didn't like didn't, any I thought no. I, I couldn't believe that you attacked me over the Grease Two soundtrack because those songs are like classic rock compared to this I mean they're, they're so bland and it's all about you know I love you I won't leave you let's be friends forever I was just like bore off <laughs> it's because you live in a very cynical world <laughs> and you can't see the joy and happiness and real friendship that is displayed in this movie can I just say when you sent me this clip of this track we're going to play it's called Scream and I was really hopeful that it was going to be like one of the scenes from Wes Craven's Scream it's because you, wa- <laughs> you didn't even watch it did you not even see this bit in the movie I did see this with bit. the turning oh, um, hallway it's oh, awesome it was, like the choreography is insanely good in this it was, film it was beautiful anyway um, so that was Nikki's in defence of High School Musical Three. I think I did pretty well. She did. Actually, do you know what? I will say this, Nikki. You do deliver it with conviction, and I know it means a lot to you. So I respect that. I don't <laughs> respect the film. Anyway, this is a track from High School Musical Three. Do get in touch on Twitter at Hoxton Movies if you agree or disagree with Nikki. Um, yeah. Maybe we make... should put a poll. We could put a t- poll. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, well, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. You can make your minds up after this. This is Scream from High School Musical Three. I'm doing it now. The day door is closed. The echoes fill your soul They won't say which way to go Just trust your heart To find what you're here for Open another door But I'm not sure anymore 
there you go. That, <laughs> that was screamed from High School Musical. And can I just say, we have had to listen to Nikki extolling the virtues of this film, <laughs> trying to explain the depth and the plot devices to me and Morton unsuccessfully, I might add. And also knew exactly how far Zac Efron's college was. <laughs> <laughs> From Vanessa Hutchins. There is there is a commitment and attention to detail that I respect, but this is too much. I've seen this film quite a few times because um, it's like one of my cheer me up when I'm sad or cheer me up when I'm um, feeling sick kind of films. Nikki, I've got so much respect for you and your taste in film. And given the events of this week, I'm so conflicted already that I don't, <laughs> I don't need any more. I don't need any more. To be of fair. Like, okay. what, what, I don't understand the world anymore. What's happening? I'm pretty sure that I know Sinead is definitely on my side on this movie. Uh, yes. Friend of the show, Sinead Lappin. Yep. And I'm pretty sure Sean Melton from the 405. I hope you haven't thrown Sean Melton just under a bus. Sean <laughs> <laughs> Melton, no, who is a film critic for the 405, who has <laughs> credibility you may now <laughs> shot down in flames. And Mark Kermode loves this movie. He genuinely does. You're just making it up. He now. did a defence of this on his blog when it came out. And what did he say exactly? That he really liked it. Is that it? He was really, ad- he really admired the, um, the kind of the whole like the happiness of it and also the he, he, he really likes Ashley Tisdale's character and her like kind of sassiness I guess um, yeah um, so that was High School Musical 3 in defence of you can make your mind up and obviously get in touch with us and if you want to troll Nikki it's at Nikki <laughs> <laughs> okay so now on to our um, next segment which is our cult vault now as we were saying earlier when we were chatting to the uh, to the lovely folks from the Fringe Festival they are showing this particular movie mm. which came out in 1992 um, I have been a huge fan of it ever since then so I hadn't actually seen it and then you mentioned it so I watched it whenever it was not last night the night before mm. had to say I have to say I fell asleep a little bit um, <sighs> and yet you watch High School Musical 3 <laughs> a million times I did like it but there's a lot of plot holes in it yeah no okay so <laughs> sit back let me explain um, so the reason that I love this film so much was because there was a time so you got to remember like in the um 80s Meryl Streep was you know the go-to actress for the accents and the drama so you had like Silkwood and Sophie's Choice and Cry in the Dark and then she started to move slightly into comedy so she Mm. did um, her first kind of uh, acclaimed role was in uh, Postcards from the Edge which uh, was based on really good really good based on Carrie Fisher's autobiography Mm. and it was kind of a comedy drama so it wasn't a full out thing so people still weren't sure she could do comedy then she did She Devil with Roseanne Barr which um, an adaptation of the BBC series didn't do particularly well although (laughs) Streep was brilliant in it. So then she decided to do this like big blockbuster and teamed up with Goldie Hawn, um, obviously yep. a stalwart of uh, big screen comedy, and Bruce Willis, oddly. Um, and yeah, Ro- Bruce Willis. No, but um, I, I would say even... And I'm not a fan of Bruce Willis at all, but I actually do really like him in this film. Yes. I think what I love about it is that it's such a showcase for mm. two incredible actresses. Um, the special effects are fantastic, but also... Yeah, they it has, are actually really good. It has some... Re- I mean, it is a bit of a mess um, in terms of like the script, which was written mm. by David Coop, actually, who... Um, as made as, as a director and a writer of, of, of various other films he did a great movie actually called Stir of Echoes with yeah. Kevin Bacon I don't know if you ever saw that it was really good I didn't see that it was actually good it looked yeah. terrible it's really good really okay. good but um, maybe give that chance then. yeah so basically the themes of it are about like Hollywood actresses growing old rivalry female friendships you know the insecurity of that and although it's not like deep by any means it is one of those films that has a kind of campness to it yeah. and a cult um, a cult aspect in the sense that it's actually quite dark mm. you know it's quite um, it's quite a kind of 
all about Eve behind the scenes um, kind of takedown of Hollywood and the ageing process and cosmetic surgery because basically the plot of the film if you haven't seen it is that Meryl Streep plays Madeleine Ashton who is this ageing kind of B-movie actress she hasn't been massively successful I think she got killed in the Michael Caine film Um, (laughs) and her best friend from childhood is played by Goldie Hawn and um, at the beginning of the film Streep is performing in a musical (laughs) which is um, A Sweet Bird of Youth and it's awful and we are actually going to play the the track track from that because it's hilarious Um, but so she gets introduced her to her um, her fiance Ernest Melvin, who is played by Bruce Willis, is a very successful plastic surgeon, and of course Streep steals her, steals him from her, and then it flashes forward um, a couple of years, and Goldie's character has put on quite a bit of weight and, and is in a mental asylum. Yeah, and is basically plotting the demise of Streep's character, and then it leaps forward again, and um, they're reunited, and and Horn and Willis, you know, team up because he's incredibly unhappy with her. She's a horrible, yeah. you know, harrowing. What I would say is like it's just the the, the comedic performance of Streep is amazing. She is really good and I think what I was going to say is although you know there are like things that are a bit of a mess there's like gaping plot holes I think with um these kind of cult movies there's something to love in the kind of like a bit of the bit of schlockiness like they're not perfect and that's kind of why people love them that's the whole point is it's not it's not perfect it's not but it's a bit rough around the edges yeah. but also what I quite like about it is that it's one of those films that you can you can put on and you will just enjoy from start to finish you know you don't have to think about it too much mm. it's a brilliant showcase for two incredibly talented actresses no I really like the idea that Streep and Horn kind of teamed up to get this made and, and worked on it together because mm. it was in 1992 and it was a chance for her to like branch out and do something different and I will say like the um you know the special effects particularly in the big kind of battle scene between them in the middle of the film is hilarious and they play it brilliantly mm. and of course there is the classic line as well which is when Streep goes to the Isabella Rosalini character who looks incredible in this yeah film. so that was my main plot hole is that you know they drink this potion but yet they kind of fall apart very easily because they don't take care of themselves but she's I mean and, and the only thing I th- could think of is that Isabella Rossellini's character must be drinking the potion all the time no, hence I why think, she stays immaculate all the time no I think the point is is it tries to teach you a lesson in the sense that you know they take this potion but their rivalry outweighs their ability to look after themselves once they've been given this gift okay. and so they, they because they physically attack each other mm. and pull each other apart um, it means that their bodies can no longer cope with the aftermath. You basically have to entomb yourself and not, you know, bang into things or hurt yourself. And I think that was the whole gist of it and about how fragile that that relationship is. And also, you know, there's never, a, you know, a reward for something like that. There will always be something to pay. Mm. And also because they're not particularly likeable characters. They're both very manipulative. That's also what I really loved about it was mm. that they go for it. They managed to both be likeable and follow it, but in a, in a way that kind of um, Eddie and Patsy are from Ad Fab. Mm. You know, you know they're awful, but you're kind of rooting for them anyway. Um, and I really like that. So, yeah, we're going to play this track. This is the uh, opening number from Death Becomes Her, and we're going to chat a little bit more about it when we come back. So enjoy. This is Me by Meryl Streep. What do I see? That's the question I'm most afraid of. One that asks me what I'm really Woman, star, and lover 
Street from Death Becomes Her, um, which is our Cult Vault selection of the week. And so, just we should remind you that it is showing at the Fringe Festival. Yes, um, I think it's on the 20th. No, the 18th. 18th Friday, sorry. Friday the 18th at 11.30 pm at the Rio, which means you can get tanked up and then you can go. Like you said again. <laughs> yeah, I'm encouraging everybody to drink heavily, especially this week. Um, but you can, you can get dressed up as your favourite characters from the films of Madeline Ashton, Helen, or Ernest, or even um, what's her maid's name? I can't remember her maid's name I love her where she's like she has to come in in the morning and like oh, yeah. say nice things say nice her. things to yeah. her you look amazing and you look you know, so young did you know that Tracy Ullman was in it originally but then got cut because she's friends with Streep she played a character in it I think to be fair when the film was finished it probably went through some judicious editing in order to kind of be put out there because it wasn't a big box office success um, it did alright but not as well as people were hoping but it, for me it's kind of nostalgic because it reminds mm. me of you know it was 1992 I saw it in the cinema I know, and I, it was a big film for me as a as a as a, a younger person, and, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Um, and We've as got a, a clip as well. Do you want to play the clip? Yeah, and yeah. I just say, like, I was I'm, I'm such a fan of Streep and Horn, and particularly Goldie Horn because I think yeah, I love Goldie Horn. She's, she's brilliant. She's one of the best comedic actresses that has ever kind of mm. graced the silver screen, and it'll be interesting to see how she fares in the Amy Schumer mother daughter comedy mm. that's coming out mm. next year. Um, I know that they're. Beyonce formation parody kind of went down like a a lead balloon a lead balloon mm. um, particularly from the African American community they were not happy with them um, so hopefully that won't do it too much damage but um, we'll yeah. wait and see but yeah it'd be what, nice to see her back on the big screen what this reminded me of a little bit as well was uh, First Wives Club with the whole kind of you know women eventually getting together and like plotting yeah and I think that, that whole like revenge that revenge stuff and like you know women, female friendship and like the barriers between those kind of things and I always love films about female friendship even though this is kind of a a rivalry a, yeah a rivalry but it kind of blossoms into something yeah else. I mean ultimately the two women have to rely on each other but you know what more than anything else this film is bloody great fun so if you haven't seen it check it out this is a clip this is where um, 
The malevolent Helen pays a visit to Ernest and starts plotting against Madeline. Who is it? Madeline. I need to speak to Madeline. She's not here. Get in. I, I, I didn't hear the gate. I didn't want you to hear. Ernest, ask me to go. Wait. Ask me to leave this house immediately. You just got here. I know. I know, but it just took me a minute, a glimpse, and I was right back where I started. Where's that? Don't pretend you're not aware of it. What? You're a powerful, sexual being, Ernest. Yes, you are. And if I never told you before, it's because I just wasn't the sort of girl that could say the word sexual without blushing. Well, I can now. Sexual. Sensual. go that was a clip there from death becomes her um, and can i just say a big shout out to alan Sylvester who did the score for that because the soundtrack mm. is brilliant okay so nikki what we've we got we've got last bit of movie news before we uh, hand over to the get me in her ears ladies gang. yeah uh yes so uh this just in a star is born uh which is bradley Co- going to be bradley cooper's directorial debut in which he will star uh, alongside lady gaga is has got a release date from warner brothers it's going to be coming out on the 28th of september 2018 so quite a long way away to go um and they've added who they added to the cast i can't remember now. ray liotta, ray liotta uh, to the cast um i'm i'm intrigued by this but there was some it was meant to be beyonce wasn't it before originally originally yeah. beyonce yeah. um and i've only actually seen the barbara streisand version of this film which got a lot of um shtick when it came out but actually i think it's quite enjoyable like it's quite fun and it was like Streisand's kind of like one of her one of her star, many star vehicles uh, starring alongside Chris Christopherson but that was originally supposed to have Elvis in it um, but then he because of his, the, who his manager was at the time he then didn't, then didn't end up doing it so Chris Christopherson did it but I actually quite liked their version of it it was quite they kind of made it a bit more like sassy and edgy from the kind of You've seen the Judy Garland version. Yeah, I've seen Judy Garland one, and it's one of the most like beautiful traditional musicals. Mm. Completely, the story is timeless in whichever version you watch. Mm. And it's been it's been in development this new version for quite a few years, yeah. and has gone through a, a lot time. of different names. It's one of those projects that a remake of A Star Is Born is constantly in development. I think Clint Eastwood was attached to it. I saw that at one point. Well. Yeah, which I'm glad he's not a part of. Yeah, it. no, I'm glad because it's it's the woman's story definitely like it's mm. 
it, the interesting thing is that it's about like the decline of a man and the rise of a woman yeah. but it's the woman that's focused on so it's yeah and I, I would say as well that I think Bradley Cooper has proved his you know his chops I think mm. in, in terms of acting definitely um, and I think he's probably the right man to do this he's got definitely got the kind of charisma but also I think the generosity as an actor to kind of pass it over to Gaga and I have to say I I think Gaga has done remarkable things yeah. in the last two years and isn't given enough credit because one thing I will say her new album Joanne is fantastic uh, the yeah. more I listen to it the it's more really I good, love yeah. it but also you know her performances at the Oscars doing the Sound of Music medley and then last year the Hunt um, Till It Happens to You from the Hunting yeah. Ground was incredible and, and also the, American Horror Story well this is the thing in American Horror Story I don't I mean the problem is is that she went into it she after Jessica yeah but, yeah but Sharon Stone got a Golden Globe do you know what I mean <laughs> I mean you can go into you can go into um you know, a, a, a show after Jessica Lang, you are going to be attacked for it, particularly if you're a pop star. I've watched American Horror Story Hotel again, and even though the show doesn't stand up, her performance actually is not bad. Mm. And what she did say in an interview is that she had to go through a rigorous audition process before mm. A Star Is Born. And I think that she's evolving all the time as an artist. And I know some people think that's hokey, but actually, I don't think it is. No. And I really like her. A I lot. really like her. I think lot. what she's been doing recently in the last, in the run up to the election as well, like really, like you know. Um, empowering voters to go out and all her stuff for female rights um, and civil rights it, you know she's an commendable person so I'm actually really looking forward to this I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a triumph I'm in, yeah I'm interested to see it go on sorry it's one of those roles as well it needs somebody who can not only act but can actually sing as and well really otherwise can. it completely falls flat what you can't have a film about a great musician if they're not a great musician and I think she really is and mm. you know what I, I mean recently when she was doing the promo tour for Joanne um, they had a couple of things uh, released where they stripped off the uh, the backing tracks and it was just her vocal and it was incredible mm. I mean she took on The Sound of Music and smashed it her performance at the Oscars last year was one of the most moving live performances I've ever seen and you know she's been doing the tour in dive bars obviously as part of the Joanne promotion and if you YouTube it and you watch her sing A Million um, a million Years or, or even Joanne I mean you will see she is a, a really really credible artist so I think she's the right person for this so I'm really excited about it yeah me too so our final song from our soundtrack of the week this week, which has been Stranger Things, is uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go, which I think features several times in the movie. It's kind of like its resounding theme. Yeah, it is. Well, it's it's um, Will's favourite song, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also should just say, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoxton Movies. Follow the station at Hoxton Radio and our partnership cinema at Genesis Cinema. Hopefully our Rowena will be back next week, but um, we will all be here with the latest movie news and reviews. So we're playing out with the class, Should I Stay or Should I Go from Stranger Things before handing over to the lovely ladies from Get Me In Her Ears. Um, and we'll be back next week. Take care. To let me know Should I stay or should I go If you say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time So you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always tease, tease, tease you're happy when I'm on my knees One day is fine and next is black So if you want me off your back Well come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go, there will be trouble And if I stay
decisions bugging me. If you don't want me, set me free. Exactly who I'm supposed to be. Don't you know which clothes even fit me? Come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow? Sound of Shoreditch. 